Welcome to the Solve for Greatness podcast with your hosts, Dr. G and Budima. This podcast hopes to inspire everyone to realize their own greatness, maximize their potential, and create massive impact. Let's do this. Welcome to episode 8, part 3 of Dr. Dinesh Palipana's Reflections, where we talk about how society may disable you, not the disability itself. We also learn about how a kingfisher, an owl, and a penguin help to redesign trains in Japan. Buddhima, are you ready? Yeah, man. Let's do this. Let's do this. So one thing uh, Dinesh was talking about was this concept of society disabling you. That was like, uh, it, it just made me think about my, if I'm contributing to the problem. Do you think you're part of the problem, Buddhima? No, I don't think so at all. <laughs> <laughs> just me, huh? Just me. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like I'm part of the problem, but I suppose that's probably what a lot of ignorant people say. And I haven't done anything to find out whether I am or whether my thinking is a bit archaic or a bit old-fashioned in the sense that I don't want to bring people or I'm not actively doing anything to bring people into the conversation or to bring a diversity of opinions into the conversation. So, Well, let me, let me ask it in a different way. Um, let's say you're not contributing to the problem. How can you contribute better to the solution then? Ooh, what is the solution? <laughs> you tell me. You know? <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's solve it right here and right now. Solve the solution. Um, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to answer that question because the solution could be multiple different things. And I think in this context, if we say the solution was to bring everybody's voices or make sure that everybody's voices are heard, we may not necessarily go with those opinions or, or adopt those opinions, but just to know that everybody can make a contribution, I think, is is incredibly important. So if, we're, if that's what we're trying to work towards, then, yeah, I feel like I do try and source as much opinion as I can, expert and otherwise, in service to trying to find that solution. I think that I think the um, what you described is the outcome we want, right? Get everyone to the table and you benefit from the diversity of opinions and perspectives and the world is a better place for it. I guess how you get there, there's so many ways to get there. Do you have? Do you work with anyone with a disability or have you worked with anyone with a disability that I guess you can relate this to? Or Yeah, no, I don't work with anyone with a disability, but in my work uh, within local government, the department that I work at, we specifically aim to create, plan, manage, infrastructure that provides for disabled access. So one specific design standard that we work towards is um, stipulated within the Disability and Discrimination Act, which is a piece of legislation. And we try and invest in and design and construct infrastructure, particularly new infrastructure, that is compliant with those standards to ensure that everybody within the community can have access, not just the disabled, but even the less able, like children, ensuring that they can walk alongside their parents down a footpath or to ensure that the parents can participate in playing on the playground with their children. So things like that, like not, not necessarily just the disabled, but 
those that are less abled. I wonder in terms of language, you, you mentioned those that are disabled. There's in terms of language, I wonder if it's have you have you heard of the difference between like, you know, describing someone with a disability versus describing them with a different ability? Have you heard of that distinction before? No. No, I haven't. Now that you have, <laughs> do you do you see any benefit in it? Or do you think it's Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think language is incredibly important. The way that I look at it is I'm on this continual learning journey because I feel as if I've been conditioned over time to use language in a specific way, which is not inclusive. The language that I learned and now have to actively, parts of it that I have to actively unlearn was from a time period where inclusion wasn't paramount where inclusion was only considered for a select group of people within the society. So if the conversation comes up around language, I would just love to listen because it's incredibly important for me that I unlearn those, I'd say, behaviors which kind of limit my thinking. And potentially limit others, right? Which is what Dinesh was talking about in terms of society disabling you. I think Dinesh is a great example of disability versus different ability because he explicitly says that he's he doesn't really feel like he has a disability. And when you look at his bio, yeah. doesn't look like he's less able. It's a really powerful example of what could happen if if our perception changes and even our language changes. Mm. Because Imagine Dinesh in a separate, like a parallel dimension where he does believe he has a disability and and then, you know, he doesn't maybe have the impact that he's he's having. You know, he's literally changing the world. Like he's mm-hmm. he's at the forefront of research, perhaps going to be someone that makes history, like, you know, makes people with physical disabilities walk again. You know, it's Australians of Australian of the Year and founder of... Or like doctors with disability, it just doesn't end, you know? So he has a different ability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think it, he kind of leans into what he was saying previously where he acknowledged that all of those achievements were after he went through that traumatic experience. Yes, exactly. And I think it, I think it kind of dovetails quite nicely with your um, model for adversity. You know, especially the mindset part of it. You know, after after you have that time for healing, like you develop the mindset, and that it seems like that's what he's done. And it's not an isolated story, right? I mean, Dinesh's story is beautiful, but it's not. It doesn't exist alone. There's so many success stories of people taking their adversity and creating it, creating it into something beautiful. And perhaps, you know, if anyone's listening and they are going through a really rough time, a question I like to ask is like, how is this going to make my life more beautiful? How am I going to take these learnings and help someone else going through a similar level of suffering? So it's really powerful. And, you know, it's one thing to say it, but yeah, he's living it and he's, he's proving it on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. Just even being around the right people as well, you know, having that support network around you and then being able to provide support to the people around you. That was definitely a standout for me as well. The way that he was able to kind of lean on the people around him when he needed it the most. And then now he's looking to give back to those people, you know, um, especially his mother. He wants it to mean something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's a, that's another thing um, 
Gyan that I was incredibly interested about uh, was when he was talking about the checklist manifesto and drawing inspiration from multiple different disciplines or different professions. You know, when he was talking about the aerospace engineer helping design particular pieces of um, technology so that he can one day stand up and hug his mom. That's that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. And he, you know, he casually said he's he's uh, he's learning how to fly a plane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that dude's gonna fly before he walks. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> yeah, yeah. The checklist manifesto that is super interesting. I think, and that's what this podcast is doing for us. Don't you think? Like, you know, technically, if you if you look at it like from a resume point of view, you know, you have an engineering background, I have a medical background, but we're learning from people from all backgrounds, and I'm certainly taking things that I learn from our conversations or now with our guests, and then putting it into practice with my patients. Exactly like you said, it's about living into the purpose of the podcast as well, realizing your greatness, maximizing your potential and um, to create massive impact. That's exactly what I think, you know, having someone like Dinesh on where he has realized his greatness, he's maximizing his potential and he's already created massive impact and he's going to create more impact into the future through his work. Especially when his book comes out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely going to be on the uh, must-read list for me. So you you were telling me about how birds can help trains function better or something like that? Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's got to, it's definitely jogged my memory in terms of learning this when I was in university. The way that we can harness the biology and the, uh, the nature around us to assist in designing things that we wouldn't even think are related. Like, for example, the high-speed rail network. In, in Japan, they have a world-renowned transportation network, especially their public transportation network. They face this particular issue when the train goes through a tunnel, it compressed the air as it entered. And as it left the tunnel, all that compressed air would be released all at once through what's called a sonic boom. It was incredibly distracting and almost destructive to the environment around it and incredibly Is loud. This noise? Yeah, very, very loud noise. The team that was tasked with addressing that issue or addressing that defect it was led by IG Nakatsu, who was the general manager of the technical development arm of the um, transportation network. He was very interested in the solution. And one thing um, that he was able to draw inspiration was, was that he was an avid bird watcher. So he knew that there was an opportunity for, for him to understand, uh, for, for him to use the various types of birds that he was interested in and harness the way that nature had evolved through time, specific strengths about these birds. Um, the, the nose of the train was designed around the beak of a kingfisher because the kingfisher was able to penetrate down into the water. And they were an incredibly efficient and aerodynamic and hydrodynamic bird to be able to catch its prey. And it had honed that over, over multiple generations through evolution. And so the nose was designed through the beak of a kingfisher. The body was designed through the use of 
an owl's feathers. Mm. So the way that the owl would silently navigate itself through night to catch its prey. So that, that particular part of the train was the pantograph. The pantograph was the way that the train would attach itself to the electrical lines above. So that was to assist it in moving more silently. What do you mean feathers? Like, it's still like, it wouldn't be like feathers, right? What do you mean? like? No, no. So the design, the particular design was around the, the way that the feathers would arrange itself on the wing of the owl. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that was to assist in the owl moving more silently through the night. So, yeah, that the, the, the pantograph was designed around that configuration of those feathers. The pantograph supporting shaft was designed around the ideal penguin, which was able to glide very effortlessly over the water. <laughs> That's so cool. And with and again, um, hydrodynamically over the water. So taking those three strengths and the qualities of those three birds, the design team was able to ultimately design a train that was 10% faster and use 15% less electricity and reduce the noise of the compression wave or the sonic boom that came out of the tunnel by 70 decibels. Mm. So that's just another example of harnessing nature around us to assist in design, assist in designing infrastructure or designing things that we use in a much more advantageous way. And what was really interesting was if Aji Nakatsu wasn't a bird watcher, then it would be interesting to find out how that problem may have been potentially solved. It probably would have been solved, right? Yeah, it would have been solved. Just, um, but it may have um, it may have not had uh, inspiration from nature. And it's it's like why reinvent the wheel when nature has already done that over yeah. generations and generations Absolutely. through evolution. It's already stood the test of time. Yeah, fascinating. Do you think we can use nature to improve our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. How innovative we can get. <laughs> we, yeah, I think I think that's a great question. <laughs> that could be a um, question for future future podcasts. <laughs> future podcast. Well, maybe Dinesh can benefit from a bird watcher on his advisory board. Yeah, alongside the the guy who builds rockets. But it's you'd never you'd never put those things together. Like birds and trains, no. you know. No. No, yeah, no, no. but it's... but if you think about it, it's yeah. You've you've got this incredibly, incredibly fine tuned. It's it's like a strength that has been enhanced over hundreds and you know, if not thousands of years. And to be able to harness that, that's beautiful. That is just incredibly. That is a beautiful piece of um, innovation. And it's great to hear that Dinesh is also trying to draw from that same inspiration. Mm. It is beautiful. Do you have any closing remarks? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Solve for Greatness podcast with your hosts, Dr. G and Budima. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe and share. See you soon.